everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti, and this is episode 225 of Yoga Land. Today, my guest is Aaron Jorick. So I'm continuing on this week with featuring a mentor from Jason's 300-hour training. So in other words, Aaron has a group of students who she is mentoring in our virtual training. Erin is from the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, and before I spoke to her, Jason said to me, you might have to really draw things out of Erin. You know, she's she's a, modern, a modest Midwesterner like me. <laughs> I think Erin is very warm and that it wasn't hard to draw her out at all. She's been teaching for over 10 years, and we just talked about her background as a dancer, how her yoga has changed. She calls herself a hot mess when she started about 10 years ago, and also how she is enjoying teaching on Zoom. Uh, it was so refreshing to hear someone talk about the things that they enjoy about teaching on Zoom. And this is the second person who I've heard say this, and I'm just pretty fascinated by it. I mean, obviously, Aaron, you know, as well as everyone else, feels like there's things that are missing, but I think that anonymity for the students can be a really beautiful thing. And so I think it's helpful to just bring that perspective in wherever you are right now. I have massive Zoom fatigue. Um, And so it was nice for me to remember that there are some benefits and that you can turn off your camera. And as a teacher, she really doesn't mind, which is also really nice. I mean, I think for a teacher to be okay with meeting their students where they are is what makes a great teacher. And, you know, she said she's just absolutely fine with teaching a class to the black squares. And the only thing she asks is that people say hi or, you know, chat hi in whatever way they can. So anyway, lots to learn from all of these teachers. And it's been such a gift for me to get to know them. I love having these conversations and I hope you enjoy this interview with Erin. Well, thanks so much for being here, Erin. I'm really excited to to talk to you and get to know you a little better. I've known you for years, but I have yet to have this time with you. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. I know that you were a dancer at a certain point through college, right? Yep, I, I studied dance in college. Was it ballet, modern? What was your kind of area? Yeah. Yeah, the program I went through was primarily modern or contemporary, as it's kind of now called. But I, I didn't do the, the traditional tap, jazz, ballet as a kid. I like to say I was taught by MTV. I, like, I, I did primarily hip-hop yoga, or no, sorry, hip-hop dance is what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. Um, and I, you know, would kind of like learn choreography from, from music videos and not until I was like later in high school did I start taking actual like studio dance classes. That's so awesome. I mean, anybody who grew up with MTV knows like you would learn every routine and <laughs> right. do it with your friend when you were 14. You know, you just, we used to just do it in our driveway. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And so you discovered yoga in college. I'm just wondering, I mean, this is kind of a slightly like off topic question for yoga, but I'm just so curious because I feel like most of us who had a dance background and ultimately didn't do dance as our profession, like had sort of a dance heartbreak story. (laughs) Did you have that? Did you? Yeah. Yeah. 
A little bit. You know, when I went into college, I was more interested in dance education and dance choreography, and I wasn't much of a performer. Mm. And so I kind of felt like when I finished college, there wasn't space for me in a way. I was teaching, I was teaching dance to kids and, and high schoolers, but I just felt like I didn't have the skin or like, I don't know. I, I kind of got fed up with it all and thought, I don't know if this is the right environment for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simply because I wasn't interested in performance. I, it didn't feel like I was fully embraced by, by the community. Hmm. Yeah. It is a hard profession, man. Whew. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I, I, people think yoga is a hard profession. It's like, uh-uh. Not I mean, I mean it is, it is, <laughs> but it's, it's different. It's so different. Yeah. There's actually like opportunities to, yeah. Anyway, you told the story in, in something that you said to me about when yoga kind of became just like an integrated part of your life. And you, the way you told it was in college, you went through a period where you couldn't get out of bed and, you know, you kind of worked your way out of a hole. Is So I have to ask, is that kind of like a Midwestern parlance for saying you, you went through period of depression. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for catching, uh, catching that. <laughs> I mean, I I'm pretty familiar with, with the Midwestern ways. So what, what combination of things got you through that? In college, I studied dance and, you know, it's this thing I worked so hard for and I was really dedicated to it. And all of a sudden I found I couldn't get out of bed. I was, I was just so sad all the time. And it, I ended up, I'm, I'm so grateful for like my friends and family for rallying around me and getting me help and, Mm -hmm. you know, finding a really good psychiatrist and doing talk therapy. And that's really what I needed at the time to, to get through and to finish college. And, and, and then I, you know, also finding that my yoga practice helped me connect to my body, connect to my mind in a way that dance wasn't or other things just weren't allowing me to find that connection. It really was kind of that combination of getting like medical help, talk therapy and and committing to my practice where I was able to develop the tools to, to work through the challenging moments and, and also be more kind to myself and yeah. You know, it was, it was kind of a combination of all those things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I asked that question in a very particular way because I know usually it is, it's not like one thing and it's not always very clear or even linear, but it's, yeah, it's a combination of, of all the things you talked about. And then when you left college, were you, did you know that you were going to start teaching yoga or did you just kind of do it as until you thought you were going to figure out what you were going to to quote unquote, really do or do next? At the time I was like bartending part-time and teaching some dance classes. And I was into this yoga thing and figured, well, I'll try this yoga teacher training. It's, it could fill my time while I figure out what I'm going to do with my life and get a quote unquote real job. Yeah. But I really loved it. And I had really great teachers and facilitators who encouraged me to kind of go on to the next step and and do kind of a mentorship program with a senior teacher. I was kind of like, oh, it's just another part-time gig. And people around me were saying, no, you, you kind of have a knack for this. You should really stick with it. Mm -hmm. 
And like, how did it feel for you being so young and teaching? And you can kind of use hindsight now because I'm sure you've been teaching for about a decade. So how do you feel like you showed up at that age? <laughs> it's a mess. When yeah. I look back at it. You know, it, it, um, the type of training I went through was, was, was very structured. It had a specific sequence that I was learning and I'm really good at memorization. So I was like, Oh, I can do this. You know, put me in a room with people for 60 minutes. I can talk you through this. And at the end of the day, I look back at it. I'm like, I had no idea. I had no idea what I was doing, (laughs) but I had the ability to kind of shine it on and get through it because I had been teaching dance classes at the time. Yeah. You knew how to lead people at that point, probably. Yeah. But I don't, I, but I didn't fully understand what I was doing, I think at the time, which, you know, that's a, that's a deeper conversation about 200 hour teacher trainings, but I at least had the information to guide bodies through space and and give some information. That's definitely, I'm definitely a different teacher now. Yeah. So what shifted that for you? Was it just time or was it? a different approach to education or both? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, all of the above. I, I think it was about 2011. So I started teaching in 2009, 2011 was, was kind of my moment of saying, I'm really, I'm really into this teaching yoga thing. And I think I want to make it my career. So I was super eager to, to study and take classes wherever I could. I mean, I mean, I drove if there was a workshop within five hours of the Twin Cities, I was, I was there. Nice. I think it was 2012. I went to the yoga journal conference and in, in New York. And that's when I took Jason's class for the first time. Oh, wow. I didn't know. Yeah. I never knew how you actually met him for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I signed up for that yoga journal conference and I was unfamiliar with Jason, but uh, a local teacher said, you have to take Jason Crandall's class. So uh, Shannon Sadler, if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> um, I, I just remember taking his class and thinking, yep, yep, this is, this is really resonating with me. And that really kind of flipped the switch of, I'm going to take this seriously and I want to keep studying and I, I want to just keep getting better at, at teaching. Yeah. So what do you feel like, you know, now it's been at least 10 years that you've been teaching, right? Yeah. Uh, a, a little over 11. Yeah. That's great. So when you think about your students and your kind of offering, what is it that you most hope to, to create for your students through your teaching? Yeah. I, the first couple things that come to mind is, is general connection to self for me, like being in my body, you know, as, as someone that, you know, I, I considered myself a dancer. I love movement, hoping that students can develop an appreciation for their body and, and how it moves and, you know, the sensations that are present. And then also how that can connect to the, their mind and their emotions. And also I feel like as I get older and the more I teach this idea of like choice and agency comes up, Mm -hmm. of sure, you might have me or another teacher facilitating a practice for you, but allowing the practice to present choices and opportunities for you on your mat, off your mat. Yeah. So I think connection to self and then through that connection to self, 
realizing that you have, you have choice and you have agency. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think probably coming from teaching a a structured sequence that that might be a really important thing, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like that comes from, do you think it's kind of like an injury management thing or do you think it's deeper than that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it is an injury management thing. I I know that I, I I have a tendency to be very stubborn as a teacher and like, no, this is how you're going to do down dog. And no, this is how you're going to do triangle. And it's, I think for me, it's that reminder of all bodies are different. We're all coming with different experiences. So I've really been leaning into this reminder of, Hey, Aaron, everything, everybody's got different stuff going on. So I, I hope that comes across in my classes that everybody just everybody has choice. And also I've, I've been leaning a lot into like trauma informed movement. And so I, that's a big part of, you know, trauma informed teaching is, is giving people choice and giving lots of options and developing a space where people feel empowered to make Mm -hmm. choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You wrote something that just, I thought was so I was happy to read it, which was a, a post about, um, how you're actually enjoying teaching online since we've been in this pandemic. And so I wonder if you can talk a little bit about how you've approached things and then, yeah, what are some of the things that you have enjoyed about the zoom format or the online format? Yeah, I know. I sometimes feel bad saying I really like teaching on Zoom because I know so many people don't. I think for me, I've I tend to when I work with teachers, I talk a lot about creating boundaries um, because I like burnout is real and you're exchanging energy between students all the time, and so it's really important to develop these boundaries. And Zoom has developed this like. I mean, a a literal boundary (laughs) in a way. And it's, it's, it's kind of worked in this really interesting way of creating a boundary and also like exposing our full humanness. Like, sure. There's laundry hanging out in the back of my space or like, Mm -hmm. there's my dog or there's my kid. And there's been something really beautiful about students seeing my humanness. And then I'm also kind of a part of, of their humanness. And I tend to be kind of, I call myself a recovering perfectionist Mm -hmm. because in person, I tend to like, Oh, everything's got to be perfect. And the sequence Mm -hmm. has to be spot on and the music has to whatever. And there's just something about zoom that I've been able to just throw all of that away. And it just feels it feels really authentic and it feels, it feels real. That's amazing. I, and you it, know, which is so weird, which yeah. is, I mean, you wouldn't expect that. And I, I will say like drop-in classes aren't necessarily my favorite on zoom because I'm not good with small talk and mm-hmm. this like, oh, I have a couple people that signed on early and now I have to fill the space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But when it's a, it's a, like a developed community of people, it just, it feels really good. And I feel like I, I have the time and the space to teach in a way that feels really good and really authentic to me. And I don't, not to say I never had that when we were doing all in-person teaching, it just feels, it just feels more right. If that makes yeah. sense. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Have you ever had a class where like no one's turned on their camera? All the time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. I, well, I teach a variety of, we'll say environments. And I do have a couple classes where students regularly don't turn their camera on. However, I also acknowledge that Zoom yoga has made the practice more accessible. Mm-hmm. I can I can think of people in my life who wouldn't feel comfortable stepping into a yoga studio, but they've been taking my classes online and they don't turn their camera on and they they do their thing and 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 they still feel supported by the, you know, the group feeling. Yeah. How do you do it? Like how I'm do you just how how do you get through an hour of <laughs> of not being able to see people and lead them? I've been getting better about explaining to folks at the beginning of class, you, you know, you're empowered to have your camera on or camera off. It is totally up to you. It is helpful for me, however, to just check in. Yeah. How's your body feeling? Feel free to use the, like, you know, the, the chat feature. You don't even have to turn your microphone on. And keeping that dialogue open has been really helpful. So, so yeah. So just like kind of connected. Yeah. Right, right, right. So do you do that at the beginning? Just like, or, or like, do you sort of check in with people while you're teaching at the beginning? Yeah. Cause it's, cause I would be, yeah. Awkward to yeah. stop. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of get, I don't want to say you just get through it. Cause I'm, I'm there. I'm present. It is really helpful if I can get a little bit of information from folks at the beginning of class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've done a little bit of in-person teaching during COVID and it sounds like the protocols have completely changed the experience of in-person teaching. It's, I see both sides of it. You know, this time of COVID has really forced me in a really positive way to lean into like running my own business. And I also want to see the local studios survive. And so studios that are open in person, it's, yeah, it's just, it just feels different. You know, the, the time before and after class where I might be catching up with people and seeing how they're doing, it's pretty non-existent. You know, (laughs) studios are trying to limit the amount of time people are spending in the space, which is, which is understandable. You know, it's also this you know, we're, we're like a year into this at this point and, yeah. and we're, we're all wearing masks. And so you, there's just so much about the physical experience that is missing, like just being able to see people's faces and read their faces, mm. but it's so, it is really nice to see three-dimensional bodies and teach to three-dimensional bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're teaching on zoom, like you said, it's not three-dimensional. So do you, like, have you sort of given up giving feedback or, you know, or, or are you able to do that? No, see, so mainly with, with drop-in classes, I can't give a whole lot of feedback. I mean, I I've invested in like a big monitor. So I've got, you know, the Brady Bunch squares are much larger and I can see them easier. Oh yeah. Okay. But yeah. So drop-in classes are a little trickier when I teach like a series or a workshop or like a long program and I see the same students, I 
I don't do a lot of the class. I sit back, I watch my monitor, and I, I am able to give feedback in those environments much better than in, in a drop-in class. Right, right, right. You've started a couple of programs online since, yeah. yeah. So can you talk about, are they for teachers or there is there a separate one for students or? No, it's for students. Um, I mean, I mean, there are some, there are some teachers teaching drop-in classes. It's great. But as I mentioned, it gets a little, it's a little harder for me mentally with zoom because I have this anxiety of like, who's going to show up today. And am I going to have students today? And building out these longer programs where people, you know, pre-register and they're going to be with the same group of people for, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10 weeks. It's just really amazing how people, you know, come together and I can, I can really support them in their practice by building content or building information over time together in a community setting. Yeah. So what's the structure of the program? Like, is it part asana class and part just like community get together meetings or yeah so actually so as we record this this is my final week of a like a seven week program that 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 we've been I just want to say that we've been building together and so we meet Wednesday nights we meet Thursday nights and those are you know primarily asana that have really strong focal points And then we have a Sunday evening practice, which is usually restorative, meditation, pranayama. I also bring in guest teachers so Mm -hmm. that students get like a little bit of variety. And then I also have an optional book discussion that we do like every other Sunday. And that's been, that's been really great for students that maybe never considered, you know, the, or have never heard of the eight limb path or unfamiliar with, you know, things like how social justice and racial justice is a part of your yoga practice. Mm -hmm. So that's been a really, that's been really, really fun to, to dive into these other things and, and develop this, this community beyond, okay, everybody do synchronized chaturanga. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I really like hearing the creative ideas teachers have come up with in terms of like, this is something that you probably wouldn't have started had you still been hustling around from studio to studio to studio. You might not have had the time to start it. So that is one nice little aspect of things. And, and, and then, you know, the students really need it right now and probably doing something that where they commit to a number of weeks ahead of time is really smart right now because most of us just have so much, like we need it, but it's hard to get ourselves to get back online. For me, it's really been hard lately to get myself to get back online to do yoga. But if I committed to it and I knew I was going to meet up with the same group of people, that would help a lot. Yeah. And that's kind of been the number one feedback from students is the accountability. You know, it's on my calendar. I know these are the dates that we're going to be together. And a lot of my students, majority of my students have never shared physical space Oh before. wow! Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just been this really lovely thing that I never, I, I guess when I first developed it, I thought, okay, this is going to be easier for my brain to manage. I'm going to see these people for 10 weeks. And little did I realize that it was like such a bright spot for people to 
see their friends. And, you know, it's like, it's that same feeling, not the same, but a similar feeling that you get at the yoga studio when you, you know, you have your buddies that you see in the physical space. Yeah. It's been a lifesaver for Jason to have ongoing calls with, with his, like you've been on those calls. He's, he has ongoing calls with them graduates of his advanced training. And it's like, he can be in the worst. (laughs) I laugh actually, uh, because he can be like in the worst mood at home, like grumbling around. And then he gets in the call and he's like, Hey everybody, how's it going? He's like, Mr. Wonderful. (laughs) Because he's just so happy to get my friends. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, your work, we all love our work. And so we get into work mode and we're like, yay, there's life outside of these humans that I share this, this tiny space with, you know, we all are right. just kind of desperate for, um, for that connection. So it's great. It's great that you're getting it too. As much as the students are benefiting, I'm sure you're benefiting from it too. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I have, I have my content course. And so I'm always like curious from, to hear from teachers who are like you, who I think are doing it well. You have your own blog and it's, it's well-written and I know you're active on social media. So how are the ways that you have gotten the word out for your, your, this online program? Oh, you know, I think it's mainly my newsletter. Mm -hmm. Big takeaway from Jason Crandall training, get your (laughs) newsletter started. I feel really lucky to have started that when I when I did, you know, I'm a few years out and I've been able to create a system of, of developing content and staying connected to students. And I I would say that majority of the students that are in these long form programs with me, I, I don't know if the sign, like the, the drive to sign up came from social media. It really, I think came from newsletters. Yep. And then of course, you know, the additional boost of social media or Instagram story, whatever. But I think that 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 just regular check-in with students through newsletters and, and being really heartfelt, like, this is how I'm feeling right now. How are all of you doing? Mm-hmm. And how can how can your practice and how can how can me as as the yoga teacher, how can I support you in all of this? You know, I've had people say to me, I put questions out in my newsletter and nobody responds. And I say, Well, you know, that's actually to be expected. You know, I don't. I don't necessarily think people, it's not like social media where it's people get to see, yeah. And people get to see each other's comments. And so they're encouraged to comment, but do people, have you put questions out and do people actually respond to your newsletter? Cause that would be a very good sign. Periodically. Yeah. yeah. But, but it is pretty, you know, just a question out into the void. Yeah. 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 It's not, that's not what that's, what that's for, but I'm glad. I'm so glad that you're doing your newsletter. First of all, it's like, I literally feel like everybody's mom. When I talk about the newsletter, go get your newsletter started. Stop waiting and procrastinating. Go do it. It, That's that's the number one thing I tell teachers when I'm doing like mentorships. Do you have a newsletter list? No. Okay. When are you going to start it? Yeah, it works. I mean, it works. It works. It, It works. And like you said, I mean, the things that you post on social media are great reminders for people, right? Like they might have gotten the last newsletter meant to sign up and then they forgot and then they see the reminder and it's like, oh, okay. But you're rarely going to see like a direct sign up from a social post. It's just, it's too 
there are too many barriers for them to actually do it and find it first of all. Right. And, and second of all, like that's, it's just not what it's designed for. It's designed for scrolling, right? It's like, we're just, our brains are just like, scroll, 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 scroll. Whereas the newsletter can feel more personal. And if they've agreed to hear from you in their inbox, it's, I think of it as like dating. It's like a sign that they want to have a relationship with you. You know, (laughs) it really is. I have agreed to receive your newsletter in my inbox. Yeah. Yes. I've given you my digits. You may have them. (laughs) Yeah. The one thing I have not tried just speaking of digits, I've noticed that on my, the back end of my newsletter system, it says, you know, are you sending this through email or through SMS? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine people agreeing to be contacted by text, you know, Oh boy. For but I don't know, maybe it's going to be like in 10 years. That's how it's going to be. Who knows? There's as much as I like tech, I I've actually kind of got, I was listening to your interview with, with Jack Workman and then I was totally geeky now, like with you two like, <laughs> buying the new technology and investing in this and that. And my brain just hits a point of, nope, nope. We're, we are not, we're not yeah. even going to think about SMS connections. I know. I know. I know. I sort of wonder the same thing. Like I, I've always loved tech just in, it, not, not in terms of, um, really complex, uh, backend, but just in terms of it as a publishing tool, it's always just been so exciting to me because I love publishing and media. You know, I'm kind of fortunate that I've lived through, like when I got left college, the web had just started. So there was really, I just thought my whole life was going to be, my whole career was going to be magazines. And it's, like so I think it's so much more rich than that now. Yeah. But I am starting to reach the end of my ability to adopt new things. Ooh, it actually yep. worries me a little bit. I'm I like, feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, clubhouse. I've heard of this clubhouse thing. Do I even want to deal with finding out what it is? I don't know. I probably will. I probably will. Cause if I'm still working in this, I mean, I, you know, you just have I to can't least- even. I mean, TikTok, I know TikTok is everything right now. I just can't. No, nope. I know it's I know. too overwhelming. It, I mean, the thing about TikTok, I kind of logged on at the beginning of, you know, lockdown because we all had so much time on our hands and I was, I thought it was really funny. It's, and I was trying to make Jason do all the dances. <laughs> I was like, I promise I will never record us doing this. I was going to say, where, where is that content? Oh no, it's not. He ended up like literally like kicking me by accident. And I almost broke my ankle. I was like, okay, that that's done. But yeah, the thing that I think about is so TikTok. I know that's just not, I'm, that's not happening for me, but reels, you know, once they kind of brought it onto Instagram, it's like, okay, well, is there anything that. I can think of that I would actually want to share on a reel. I have not thought of anything yet, but I don't know if you saw in my Instagram stories yesterday, I posted Adam Hustler, one of his reels. I had to repost it. It it was amazing. Oh, good. It was so good. (laughs) Only yoga reel I've ever seen that. Like I, I just, I want to watch it over and over again. It was so funny. It's so good. (laughs) For those listening who haven't seen it, he did he's actually going to be on the show at some point. So, so his name is Adam Hustler. If you want to look him up on Instagram and he did a reel of the different types of Chaturanga and they're perfect. And I, who knew there were so many, but there really are. He, he is, he was brilliant to categorize them the way that he did. Yeah. They're really funny. And he did it to that song. Like, 
if you like pina coladas. Yacht rock. We can we can transition to yacht rock, Erin. <laughs> yes, we can transition to yacht rock. Aww. So yeah, yacht rock has gotten me through the pandemic as well. And it sounds like it has for your family too. There is nothing better than putting on some hollow notes while I'm baking and just like, oh, it's gonna be a good day then. It's so true. In fact, I think after I get off with you, I'm going to go put on my yacht rock. It's going to make me happy. I've been feeling a little blue lately. I need a little lift or at the very least I need to be blue listening to like a, some jazzy saxophone solo. Yes. Yeah. So Michael McDonald and yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So I want to just finish by saying, you know, I love that you are part of the training with Jason. I know he has so much respect for you and just thanks for, thanks for supporting the students. Thanks for being there for us. I feel so honored to be, to be a part of the program. It's, and we're early, we're early in the training, but it it's, it's really great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And it's just like for your other group, it's like, you're going to have a, a group of people to look forward to talking to and supporting. And even in my, my little program, I've just loved it. It makes me feel so happy and full of purpose to, to help people doing what I love. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Erin. All the best to you. It's great getting to know you better. Thanks, Andrea. Thanks so much for listening. I will put links to Erin's programs and her website on the show notes page, which you can go check out at yogalandpodcast.com slash episode 225. All right, guys, I wish you a really great week on your Zoom classes, both teaching them and taking them. And I mean that sincerely. Sincerely.